First, we'll start with the airing of grievances. You wanna know what grinds my gears? People who have the sound on their phone in a public place, like in a restaurant, you have somebody that's watching YouTube videos on their phone in a restaurant or in an airport or in an airport lounge, any public place, turn the sound off your phone. Stop. I don't mind the dings and the notifications and stuff like that. I'm talking about like video noise. It is the most annoying thing of all time. You know what the penalty for this should be? Summary execution. You turn on a video in, in, your, in the airport and somebody just walks over and takes care of business. It's the worst. It's so rude. It's so incredibly rude. I used to, I used to actually hang out with a guy who would do this. We'd go out to dinner and he'd start playing videos on his phone. I'm like, please, please stop. Like, don't do that. That's really bad etiquette. Don't do that. He's like, what? I don't see what the problem is. I don't hang out with that guy anymore. So you want to know what grinds my gears? <laughs> yeah, I have this, I have another pet peeve when people, they won't talk to you when it's convenient for you. They'll only talk to you when it's convenient for them, right? Like you call, like I call somebody and it goes to voicemail and I call the next day and it goes to voicemail. I call the next day and it goes to voicemail. Then eventually they call back at like the worst possible time for me. They're like, all right, all right, all right. Now I'm ready to talk. And I'm like, now I'm not, I can't. You see, the thing is, is that if, if somebody calls me, I drop everything and pick up because I'm conscientious. Like I will drop everything and talk to you and other people. They'll just send you the voicemail and they'll, they'll talk to you when they're free. <sighs> Man. You ever notice you have these people, you have these friends, they call at the worst possible time. Uh, there's, there's always like one person, in your contacts list, like, you're in a personal fast market, your hair's on fire, everything's going to hell, and the phone rings, and it's them all the time. Some people just have instincts about this. I don't know how they do it. I'll tell you another pet peeve. So <laughs> when you tweet something and somebody's following you, but instead of replying to the tweet, they text you. Oh, and they, they want to talk about the tweet. Or they email you, and they want to talk about the tweet. I don't want to talk about the tweet with you. I tweeted it on Twitter. You can reply on Twitter. And I have the privilege of not responding to you on Twitter. But now that you sent me a text, now I have to respond to you. Or if you sent me an email, now I have to respond to you. Don't. Don't do that. And and you say, well, I, you know, it's an anonymous account. I I can't. I can't be tweeting. All right, then tough shit. Then you don't get to reply to people. Then shut up you know oh my god i have one last pet peeve and then we'll get started non sequiturs non sequiturs so let me tell you a story I, w I i was in my office and i got a text from a guy and it just said fire and i'm like oh my god is there a fire in my house what's going on where is there a fire so i'm texting him like what's going on what what's happening and he like walked away from the phone and he didn't respond he responded like a half an hour later he's like oh your mix 
had a sound effect that sounded like a fire. He was commenting on a DJ mix that I put out like six months earlier. He just listened to it. And in the beginning, there's like, there's a sample that sounds like a crackling fire. And he just said, fire, texted me, just fire. Like I'm supposed to know what that is. I have no idea. Why, why would I know what that is? There's a guy that texted me a couple, two weeks ago. And he just says, dip, dip, potato chip. That was it. I, I don't know what that is. I have no idea what that is. Why, how am I supposed to know what that is? And what he was referring to, what I found out later, he was talking about Bitcoin going down. But there's, there was no context. There's no context to that at all. Dip, dip, potato chip. I don't know what that means. So then what it does is it puts me in a position where I have to say, what do you mean? Then they have to explain it to me. And it takes like 30 seconds out of my day. Non sequiturs. Anyway, so that concludes the Andy Rooney part of the show. So what do we have today? This is the worst year for stocks and bonds in history. The absolute worst in like the history of the capital markets. If you take a 60-40 portfolio and look at it over time, it's the worst year for stocks and bonds in history. Now, that's interesting. I find that interesting. And the reason I find that interesting is because people aren't that freaked out. I mean, they're somewhat freaked out. You know, people aren't happy. I mean, people's 401ks, most, most of people's 401ks are in target date funds, which are stocks and bonds. And they were all down like 15 to 20%. So, like, people are not happy, but they're not freaking out. Like, wouldn't you think that the worst year for stocks and bonds in history, wouldn't you think people would be, like, running around like headless chickens? But they're really not. I mean, they're, they're mildly upset. I think that's kind of interesting. People were more upset during the coronavirus crash. People were really upset about the stock market then, not today. So now, to be fair, the market went down more during the coronavirus crash. It went down about 35%. Now we're down about 20%. And people still are, they have a lot of gains. They're sitting on a lot of gains. But I think things will get better in the second half of the year, at least marginally better. Okay. Not to get too technical on the podcast, but one thing I've noticed, which isn't hard to notice, is that volatility is not high. Right? Like usually when stocks go down and they go down sharply, like volatility goes up. Hasn't gone up at all, really. Just a little bit. I mean, just before I started, before I got on the podcast, I looked at the VIX. It was like 27. It's actually lower than what it was on the highs. Don't you think that's weird? So I talked to a friend of mine about this uh, who was a volatility expert. And he said, look, it's really path dependency. Like, it's not a crash, right? In, in, in the historical parallel here is the dot-com bubble. See, when the dot-com bubble imploded, stocks went down. But it was never a crash. I mean, things didn't get really bad. Until like the summer of 2002, and that was the bottom of the move. But up until then, it was it was pretty orderly, and it just went on for two years. So that you know, it made me think maybe this is kind of be the same thing. You know, there's no crisis, there's no crash. 
just a long, slow valuation compression. Very similar to 2000 to 2002, which took a really long time. And the VIX never got above 40 until July of 2002. But I remember that bear market. It was relentless. It went down day after day after day. And it seemed like it went on forever. The question is, would you rather run into a brick wall or would you rather die by a thousand paper cuts? And I think most people would rather run into a brick wall. Just give me the crash. Just get, let's get the flush. Let's get this over with. But that's this is worse. This is definitely worse. And nothing is really working. And when I say that nothing is working, I mean nothing is working. Stocks aren't working. Bonds aren't working. Commodities were working. They're not working anymore. The only thing that's working is a dollar. That doesn't help anybody. It doesn't, unless you want to go to vacation in Europe. Now, I suppose you could get short stocks and short bonds, but that's not easy to do. And maybe Bridgewater did that because they're up 34% this year, which is astounding. That's absolutely amazing. Um, they're probably short gold. Who knows? Uh, the one thing that was working was oil. Now that's a mess. Everything's a mess. So what are you supposed to do? How are you supposed to invest in this environment? You think I have the answers? I'm supposed to be the guy with the answers. I do not have the answers. I can tell you what everyone else tells you, which is to keep buying dollar cost average, buy the dip, and it'll work out in the long run. And that is probably true. The problem is the long run might be really long, you know? And I think the historical parallel here is 1969 to 1982. So in the 60s, you had this big bull run. Stocks went up for 10 years. And then there was a period of time of about 13 years where stocks went sideways. Plus, you had a really bad bear market in there in 74. But stocks did nothing for 13 years. And that could be the environment that we're in for the next, I mean, from 2022 to 2035. Could be, you know. Now, the good news is, at the end of that period valuations had compressed to the point where stocks were incredibly cheap and really it was the best time to buy stocks in the history of the stock market and that might happen you're gonna have a period of time that's gonna be painful you know if you have the patience that's fine all I'm saying is it's gonna take a lot of patience so people kind of have this high watermark you know their brokerage accounts got to a certain point and it's they're not it's not going to reach that point for a while. You know, you're not going to get back to that high watermark unless you add to it yourself. And what I mean by that is the real answer to this problem, how to invest in this environment, is to invest in yourself. Work and make money. That's what you should be doing right now, not screwing around with stocks. Go to your job and figure out ways to make more money, you know, and wait, put it in the bank and watch the bank balance get bigger over time. Work and save. Do that over and over again. Focus on your job. I know people who, you know, investing is a hobby for them, but it's going to be a pretty shitty hobby for the next couple of years. Remember the meme stock investors sitting in mom's basement during the pandemic? You ever notice that when the pandemic finally eased off, the stock market went down? Because you didn't have these people buying stocks with stimulus money. And these guys are still out there. You know, this AMC thing is the most incredible thing I've ever seen in my life. It is it is a cult. They have animal sacrifices. The nighttime is the right time. Like, it's bananas. And 
What's always fascinated me about the cult stock investors is that they actually could have picked good stocks. They could have picked Google. They could have picked Moderna. They could have picked who knows what. But they picked the worst stocks. They picked GameStop and AMC and Bed Bath & Beyond. Like, why do they pick the bad stocks? Well, it's all part of the narrative, you see. Because Wall Street is ganging up on these stocks. These evil short sellers are driving them out of business. So we're going to save these companies. Man, that's not good. <laughs> if you're investing and you think you're fighting for a cause, get a grip. Okay, There are no causes in finance. There's making money and losing money, and that's it. Don't join a stock market flash mob. Always a bad idea. Thanks for listening to the Be Smart Podcast. I'm Jared Dillian. See you next time.